left and to your right. Jack, you with them this morning? Oh, praise Jesus. Those of you who are staying in the service, please turn your Bible to the book of Mark. Book of Mark, Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Two weeks from now, we're going to start our fall revival services here at Chevis Oaks Baptist Church. Thank you, Butch. Two weeks from now, we're going to start our fall revival services here at Chevis Oaks Baptist Church. Thank you. That's a little better. Now, I'm both excited and worried at the same time. I'm excited because what revival has meant to me in years past, not just in, in this church, but in, in every church around the world, all over the world. I've had the opportunity, and Amy's had the opportunity many times, to hear some, some powerful preaching from men who had a message from God for the day that we lived in. Men like Bill Stafford. Now, some of y'all, how many of y'all, I, I, I mentioned that name Wednesday night. How many of y'all remember or have heard that name Bill Stafford before? Got a man back there. We have several. How many of y'all saw the movie Fireproof with Kirk Cameron? Raise your hand high. Raise your hand high. Do y'all remember the old man in Fireproof when Kirk Cameron was riding up the driveway and he was mad, had a bad day, and he hit the trash can and threw it and threw the trash can. The next door neighbor was the, the old man and he just looked at him and he said, that man's crazy. Y'all remember that? That was Bill Stafford, a.k.a. also known as Wild Bill Stafford because he preached. Now, I mean, I preach wild every now and then. But when, when Bill Stafford got to preaching, boy, he, he wouldn't stop, y'all. And don't look at your clock. I'm telling you. But I've had the opportunity to hear men like Bill Stafford, J. Harold Smith, Dr. Laverne Butler, Herb Revis, Rick Corum, John the Bull Bramlett. Any of y'all ever heard of John the Bull Bramlett? He was runner-up rookie in the, of the year in the NFL in 1959, I believe. He lost to a man by the name of Joe Theismann. Y'all never, never broke John the Bull Bramlett? Middle linebacker for East Tennessee State University or, or Memphis State? Y'all don't? Okay. I've heard men like Jerry Vines. And my favorite, I'm sure y'all have heard of him, Estes Perkle. Any of y'all ever heard of Estes Perkle? Preached a message one time about this atheist who said, if God is real, if God is real, listen, I let him run snakes through my grave. Before they buried that man and put him in the grave, guess what they had to do? They had to shoot snakes all around it. Estes Perkle, when he preached that message, he had a, a, a jar right on, on the top of his, his, uh, his, his pulpit, and it was filled with formaldehyde and a snake that he had gotten when he went to visit that man's grave. Brother Kyle, I don't believe all that. Well, you just, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. <clears throat> Church, I have driven up to four hours in times past to attend a revival meeting that I was sure God was going to show up to, and many times he did. I've been molded and made by men of God who stood and preached the word of God with tireless vigor from the throne of God. Church, the anticipation of revival meetings gets me excited. But the thought of revival service as a pastor also worries me as well. I want us to visit a revival service in Scripture that some might not really see as a revival service at all. 
Some of y'all are going to look at it and say, oh, well, I, I, didn't, I didn't see a revival service. We're going to see it. Look at Mark chapter 6, and we're going to start reading in verse 30. <clears throat> Mark chapter 6 and verse 30. And the apostle Mark, or excuse me, the, the Mark, the, the writer, says this. He says, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him that they had done what they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest a while. Uh, for, for many were coming and, and going, and, and they did not even have time to eat. So they went away in a boat by themselves in a remote place. <clears throat> but many saw them leaving and recognized them. People ran there by land all through the towns and arrived ahead of them. So as he stepped ashore... He saw a huge crowd and had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Then he began to teach them many things. When it was already late, the disciples approached him and said, this place is the wilderness and it's already late. Send them away so that we can go into the country inside of the village, so they can go into the country inside of the villages to buy uh, themselves something to eat. Verse 37 might want to underline this. Jesus looks at them and he says, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. Now listen to me. The reason why you need to underline this scripture is because if you are a blood-bought child of the king, if you accept that Jesus Christ is your personal savior, Jesus has told you to do the very thing that he is telling the apostles to do that very day. Your job, well, I, I don't have a job. Yes, you do. You have a job. Jesus saved you for a reason, that you might feed them. Well, feed who? Feed those who are hungry. Hungry for what? Physical food? Maybe. Maybe. But those who are hungry for a spiritual food, those who are wandering around wondering how to be saved, Jesus says, you feed them. You, you feed them. He responded, they said to him, should we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and, and give them something to eat? And he asked them, how many loaves do you have? Go look. Then when they found out, they said to him, five loaves and two fish. And he instructed them to have all the people sit down in groups in green grass. So they sat down in ranks of hundreds and fifties. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke the loaves. He kept giving them to the disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them. Everyone ate and was filled. Everyone ate and was filled. Listen, they weren't hungry. They were pushing the food away. They couldn't fit anymore. It was like Southern Baptists going to a fried chicken buffet. They, they couldn't handle it anymore. They were filled. When, then they picked up 12 baskets full of pieces of bread and fish. Now, those who ate loaves were 5,000 men. That's how they counted back there in those days. They counted the men who were present. Were there women present? Oh, yeah. Were there children present? Oh, yeah. But they, they identified 5,000 men. 
Now, some of you might be sitting here saying, I, I, hold on, I, I, I didn't see a revival. Understand the miracle that took place. Over 5,000 people were fed by five loaves and two fish. Brother Kyle, I still didn't see a revival. Listen, that, that, might why you, that might be why you won't receive and I'll be able to see a revival when we have our revival services here in a couple weeks because you aren't able to identify what a revival looks like. Five loaves and two fish fed over 5,000 people. Now listen to me. I don't know who you worship. I don't know if it's a football team. I don't know whether it's a hunting club. I don't know whether it's a bass boat. I don't know what you worship. I don't know if it's a color TV or it might be another religion. But listen, nobody can feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fishes but by Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, if you're following anybody other than Jesus, let me go ahead and give you a little secret, FBI information. Y'all ready? You in trouble. You're in trouble. Church, we just saw revival take place in Scripture. Brother Kyle, I'm still not sure. Well, just, you know, pay attention. Don't go to sleep this morning and you'll see it. Amen? So what does our Scripture tell us today? Well, you may be sitting there. I said this again, but I'm going to say it again. You might be sitting here this morning thinking, I, I, I didn't see revival. Well, I guess the word revival might not mean to you what it means to others, what it means to me. The word revival means to, to, to me is, to, is when Jesus shows up, when Jesus wakes people up, when a lesson is learned, and when others are, are impressed to do something that only God could do through them. That's exactly what we just saw take place this morning. We have, we have seen an impossible task that is taken care of easily by the Son of God. Please understand this. When we look at this in Scripture, when we read it later on, when you're at home and you're reading through this portion of the Scripture, you need to remind yourself that what just took place, only God could do. Only, listen, the Shell House fed a bunch of people this, this past weekend. I'm sure they did. But they couldn't feed 5,000 people with two, five, two loaves of, five loaves and two fishes. Go knock on the door and say, listen, listen, y'all fed a bunch of people. Y'all want to impress me? Feed them with this. Give them five loaves and two fishes. It's not possible. It's it's, it's only, listen, only God could do this. That's revival. But before we look at the individuals who should have experienced revival, Let's look at the big picture of what took place with the crowd who followed Jesus. Now remember why it was that they followed the Lord in the first place. Look at verse 2. Verse 2, excuse me, look to the book of John real quick. John, and I had that marked, goodness gracious. I think it's John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verse 2. And it says, And the huge crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was performing on the sick. That's why they came. That's why they came. They came because they had seen 
Jesus perform all the signs on the sick. So Wednesday night crowd, y'all hear me say this all the time. They came to see the what? The magic show. That they came to see Jesus do all that Jesus did. He, he was a great, he was an unbelievable magician. They came to see the signs and the wonders. Did they come to hear him preach? No. Did they really have, care what he had to say? No. They wanted to see him do something mystical again. Wondrous again. Now look at verse 14. Chapter 6, verse 14, it says, When the people saw the sign, what sign? Jesus turning, uh, feeding all these people with five loaves and two fish. When they saw the sign he had done, they said, This really is the prophet. It, it really is. They were convinced, not by words, but what they saw. You know, the world is dying to see Jesus living in you. He's dying to see Jesus living in you. The, the world is dying to see just a glimpse of Jesus. Listen, there, there's somebody right now, I guarantee, in the city of Savannah who prayed last night, Jesus, reveal yourself to me. Let me see what a real Christian looks like. And if you would just act like a real Christian, if you'd walk like a real Christian, their prayer may be answered. These people, church experience revival, because they were physically hungry. They experienced revival because they wanted to see what Jesus was going to do next. The sad truth about the church of today as we consider the crowd of as we consider the crowd of that day, most in the church are no longer hungry for anything Jesus could give them and they could care less what Jesus is going to do next. That's the sad truth in the church this morning. They're no longer hungry for anything Jesus could give them, and they could care less what God is going to do next. They're, they're, they've got their open agenda, and listen, they, they're going to do, I've got to do this, 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 and this, and this is more important, and I've obligated myself. To, why in the world have you obligated yourself to do something ahead of the work of the Lord? I don't understand it. This church is one of the only churches in Savannah that's, that, that continues to have revival services, and I pray, praise God for that. I thank God that we do. But can I tell you why most churches no longer hold revival services? Again, this is FBI information. Y'all don't tell anybody I'm telling y'all this. Can I tell you? Listen to me. Can I tell you why most churches no longer have revival services anymore? Y'all remember, old-timers, y'all remember going every fall, every spring, you'd ride through the country and you'd see country revivals. You'd see tent revivals that lasted a week, two weeks sometimes, but no more. Why is it? Where, have the preachers just lost? It's the preacher's fault. Preacher's lost his heart for the lost people and no longer wants to go through the rigors of having a revival anymore. No, that has nothing to do with it at all. This is why. Because the church does not Come. Churches don't have revivals. Pastors don't have, hold revivals anymore because the church no longer comes. This is what happens before one of our services takes place. Here. I ask y'all pray. Pray, pray. pray for the church. Pray for the lost in our community. Pray, listen, pray that God will give Scott Thompson the messages that we need to hear. 
I'll invite a pastor to come and preach or an evangelist or, or, or somebody to come and preach. It's not a, a flippant thing. There, there's been times past, listen, there, there was a very prominent pastor that I asked to come and preach revival for me. And listen, he, he, boy, he can shuck the corn, y'all. He can plow the field. He can throw the... He is a jam up preacher. But for some reason, God said, call him back and tell him not to come. <laughs> Do what? I have to book him, but I mean, come on. Nope, you don't need him. If he's too big not to be able to talk to you personally, you don't need him. So I didn't call him. I, I don't just call somebody. Listen, there, there's pastors who just call their friends in their circle. I don't, listen, I don't, I, I don't have many friends that are pastors. I don't like a bunch of pastors. <laughs> I really don't. If they are here, if they come to this church, it's because God laid them on my heart. And I just want to tell y'all something that y'all really need to understand. I have never, ever, 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 ever in all of my life ever even considered having the same preacher that preached one year come back the very next year. Never. Guess what's happening this year? He's coming back. He wasn't done with what he was preaching last year. Well, I didn't see anything amazing. Well, you, you need to come back and pay attention. You really do. Church, some of you, how you've already made plans. We're having a revival service in two weeks, and some of you have already made plans. You're going to be out of town. Or, or better yet, you, you've already made up your mind that you're not going to be here for whatever reason. When these services were planned last year, it, it, there's been a sign out front on the billboard for over a month, hadn't it, Becky? Becky said, I, Preacher, you know, I, I don't know what to put up there. I said, put the revival. Put, put it up. Put, put it up. Do you know what you're saying as a member of Chevis Oaks Baptist Church when you do not attend just five services? Listen, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. Listen, listen, listen. listen. Sunday morning, you're going to be fed. You're going to be either fed Monday or Tuesday, and everybody's going to eat Wednesday. Yeah. And Baptists love to eat, right? So at least three of the five, you're going to eat. But some of you have already planned, you ain't, you ain't coming. This is not important to me. I don't have time for God, or better yet, I really don't care what God has prepared for me to hear. Church revival is exciting to me. But it's also very sad. Most in the church today, not just this church, but but. All churches are following Jesus for the same reason the crowd in our scripture today is following him. One reason, to meet their physical needs and nothing more. That's why I'm following Jesus. Just listen, just, just in case the car breaks down, Lord, please, I need a little, few extra dollars to, you know, tide me over so I can, I can get the car fixed. Washing machine just broke. Oh, gee, oh, kumbaya, my Lord. I need to buy a new washing machine. Boom, you see one on Craigslist for $100. Right? You're following Jesus to meet your physical needs and no more. 
Listen to me. Listen to me. If you were, if, you, if, if our employers and even Jesus himself treated us the way we treat him, we'd be in trouble. Think with me here for a second. If you treated your employer the way you treat the church and Jesus, you reckon you'd have a job tomorrow? I don't think some of you would. So what, what brought about this revival? What, what brought about the revival that we saw take place in John chapter 6 and, and the book of Mark chapter 6? Number one, revival came because the presence of God was there. The, the presence of God was there. Church, we can't do anything. We can't even think about revival without the presence of God. I, I've, I've been to some meetings and we've had some meetings here in this church where we've called it revival, but it's not really been revival because the presence of God wasn't here. Without the presence of God, we cannot, will not, will never, it ain't going to happen. It ain't, it's not happening. It, we're not going to have revival services. It's not. So how in the world can we make sure that the presence of the Lord is here when we start our services? Well, we need to pray now. I hope that y'all have already been praying. I hope that when y'all saw the sign up over a month ago, y'all started riding by and said, Lord Jesus, please bless these services. Please, please come. Where two or more are gathered in my name, there am I also in your midst, right? Is that true? Is Jesus a liar? Absolutely not. I'm praying that Jesus and the Holy Spirit will be in the midst during our revival. I'm praying that he'll become right now, amen? amen? Can you pray that prayer? We cannot have revival without the presence of God. Cannot. It's not going to happen. You know, there's some Christian or so-called Christian in this service that this, listen, before, you have an opportunity right now to start praying, but you won't. You won't. You know why? Because you really don't want Jesus to change you. You like where you're at. Nothing, you know, hey, listen, I'm, I'm comfortable where I'm at. I don't, I don't need anything else. You're good. But we need to have the presence of God to experience revival. Number two, just as we saw in our scripture this morning, we, we have to pass a test. We, we see in, in John chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, and we didn't read it, but y'all read it later, Jesus gave him a test. Two, two men were, were tested. Philip was the first. Philip says, how, what, what, how are we going to feed all these people? How in the world are we going to feel, feed all these people? Philip failed because he did not believe that even Jesus could provide. Andrew was the second. Andrew passed because he wanted to see what Jesus could do with this young man's small lunch. Both men had seen with their eyes what Jesus had done in times past. One of the men did not believe in the impossible, even though he had seen the impossible. And one, man, one, one of the men had seen the impossible and wanted to see it again. Listen, here's the test, church. Do you want to see what God can do here in two weeks? We know what God has done in times past with the impossible here before, but do you believe that he will do it again? That's your test. I, listen, I know what Jesus did in my life. I know what he did. Nobody could do what, what, what was done in my life except for Jesus. 
Nobody. Greatest, the great, I mean, I have been, hey, listen, Mr. James, I have all kinds of illustrations of what Jesus did in my life. And brother, you might be able to, to understand with me as I, look, look, Jesus gave me this woman. That's, she's mine. I mean, look at me, James, I'm ugly. And God gave her to me. Me. I can give you example after example of things I don't understand. Jeff, you got that too, didn't you, son? I mean, right? He, he gave it to me. Jesse, listen, you ought to be up here praising God, speaking in tongues, son. God has blessed me over and over and over. Things I don't deserve. All day, every day. Listen, the blessings are so many, my cup runneth over and fall on the table. Listen, I need a mop. I don't need another cup. Did you pass the test? Do you want to see another miracle? One failed the test. Philip was like, we can't do this. He'd seen Jesus work before. We can't do this. This is impossible. Five loaves. We ain't got, we five, two, five hundred in there. We couldn't feed all these people, Stan. Can't feed. Andrew says, look here, God. Hey, shh, hey, Jesus. Shh. Over here, I got five loaves and two fishes. Now, Miss Desi, I, I, I would like, I want to go back to this day when I die. I want to I say, Jesus, I want to go back and see the film on this. You know how they watch the film Thursday and Friday before the football game yesterday, except for Georgia. Y'all didn't play. North Carolina watched the film on Clemson. Did y'all see that? They, they watched them. The team that lost to Appalachian State University last week almost beat the number one team in the nation this week because they watched the film. Y'all need to pay attention. Listen to me. One of these guys had watched the film. He remembered. I've seen what Jesus can do. Hey, Jesus, I, I've got five loaves and two fishes over here. What you want to do with that? Jesus said, bring it here. He passed the test. Have you, have you, listen, have you not seen God work in your life and the life of others? I mean, every day. Romans chapter 1 verse 20 says, God reveals himself through his creation. Even the things that are invisible, you can't see. God clearly shows man that we are without excuse. We have no excuse. Listen, we have none. None. Have you not seen God just do unbelievable things? But you don't believe he will in two weeks here? Do you know why you don't see God doing unbelievable things? Because you don't believe he can do it anymore. Years ago, there was a book circling around the United States that says, God is dead. And the person who wrote that book, God was dead in their lives. And church, I'm, I'm so afraid there's so many, so many people in churches all over America, not just this one. You're not, you, don't, you can't experience revival because God truly is dead to you in your life. He's not alive. Listen, if he was alive, you couldn't contain yourself. You listen, if God was alive in you, you wouldn't want to contain yourself. It's not happening. But church, there's another reason revival took place. Church, we see revival in our scripture this morning because we see a practice taking place. Now, let me ask a question. How many successful teams have you ever seen that have won national championships 
but don't practice. Mary Beth, can you imagine if Nick Saban called the team in Monday and said, look, guys, y'all played good against Boomer State or whoever the fluff team was. I mean, you know what I'm saying? For, th th listen, <laughs> every team plays fluff teams. I'm not for that, but every team plays fluff teams. Yesterday, I saw one that I ain't ever seen before in my life. Never. Well, where, where's Corey? Huh? He's home. Who? Like Toad Town or Toadin or something like that. Did y'all see that? Who, who was it that Florida played yesterday? Who? Townsend. Yeah, y'all, listen. There's many college campuses that I haven't been on. I really hadn't. But I, I'd like to go to Old Townsend. I'd like to see that place. Uh, you know, what, what, what size is it? Do they even have professors? <laughs> but th this is who they played. Where am I going with this? Hold on a second. <laughs> oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. Y'all hold on. But, you know, I, I wonder if Alabama, Saban pulled him in and says, look, guys, we, you know, we ain't going to practice today. We're not going to practice today. We're just going to rest. And Tuesday came along. He says, "Not nah, listen, guys, y'all had a good week last week against uh, Charleston Southern University. <laughs> we're going we to rest today, too. We're not going to practice. Well, what would it be like come Saturday if, if no team practiced? Can y'all imagine? Now, I imagine, I don't, I don't know how much they practiced when they played Clemson last year for the national championship. Everybody was scratching their head. I was scratching my head. But if you don't practice, you're, you're, you're not going to do anything. You're, you're not going to be prepared. So this morning we see a practice taking place. Now, how many, uh, how many of y'all saw that? Listen, it says, what we know about these disciples this morning is that they are all in training to minister to others the way Jesus does. They will be the ones who take up his mantle when he's gone. Right now, all of them... Excuse me, all, all, all of them believe that there is something special about Jesus, but there is no scriptural evidence whatsoever at all to believe that any of them truly believed that he was the true son of God until after the resurrection from the, his resurrection from the grave took place. This was training grounds that we see this morning. This was a teaching ground for them this morning. God was calling them to be something new. Now, can I tell you what I can't even, uh, can, can I tell you that I can't even uh, something, tell you what I've learned from teaching uh, from, from those that I've heard when I've attended these, these unbelievable revival services, the ones that, that we're going to have here in two weeks. I can't tell you everything I've learned from sitting underneath these men of God. I can't even start to tell you what I've learned from sitting under these men of God. What did, what did Jesus teach him? How did he teach him? He said, you know, God, we need to send them away because they're, they're hungry. We're out here in the wilderness. How did Jesus teach him? The way Jesus does. You know what he said? He says, you feed them. You feed them. 
Church, as I sat, listen, as I sat under Dr. J. Harold Smith, Estes Perkle, I, I sat under Jerry Vines, as I sat under John the Bull Bramlett, as, as I sat and listened to all these unbelievable men of God, something happened in my life. As I'm sitting there soaking it in like a sponge, can't wait to get to another revival meeting, not wanting to miss, not wanting to, this, God spoke to me one day, Stan, he said, son, it's time that you start feeding them. Something in our lives as Christians, there, a switch has got to flip sometime, somehow, somewhere, some way. We've got to go from ingesting to telling the world what God has done for us. Has there never been a point in time in your life where Jesus says, all right, listen, you feed them. You feed them. You, you mean to tell me that God told me that, but he, he hadn't told you that? Justin, has Jesus not told you, son? Listen, it's time you start listening, and it's time you start preaching. But, but something else, something else happened this morning that we see revival. Church, we see revival in our scripture this morning because of the presence of God, because the apostles, some of the apostles, they passed the test of God. Because a little boy was prepared and because a man of God practiced what they, saw, what they saw Jesus doing every day serving others. But there's one more reason we see revival this morning in Scripture. Because God provided. Because God provided. Do you know that these people who were following Jesus to meet their physical needs... Y'all listen, listen, do y'all know that they did not even know they needed revival? That they didn't have a clue? That they were just following, following the crowd? They, they, they didn't know, Miss Shirley, they did not know they needed revival. I, I want y'all, listen, I want, I want y'all to hear your preacher tell you something. I need revival. I need revival. You, you mean to tell me that your preacher needs revival? But you don't? I, I need revival. I need a fresh touch. I need to be in the presence of God. I, I want to see him do unbelievable things because I know he's done them. He's, he's, he's done them before. He'll do them again. I need revival. Church, what is it that God has not provided you with what are you lacking that is hindering you from believing that God desires to do something here at Chevis Oaks Baptist Church what's clouded your judgment my prayer for the days that we now live in is that God will send one more great revival across the land before he calls us home y'all please join me in prayer for that that God will send one more great revival across our land. Brother Kyle, I don't think he's done. I don't think he's, he'll do it. Listen, he's done it before. He's done it before. He'll do it again. Amen? One last great revival. My question to you is why can that revival not start in this church? Why? 
Why can't this, that revival start in this church? And why can't that revival not start in you? Church, I need revival. I need to be revived. If I know I need it, your preacher, how can you feel that you do not? Revival starts by calling out to God. Will you call out to him right now? Let's all stand, heads bowed and eyes closed. This altar is open. Will you come and invite God to our revival service? Will you come and, and tell Jesus what he already knows, that you need revival? Will you come? Lord Jesus, we love you. Let that be evident by what you see here this morning. In Jesus' name I do pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, you need to come. The altar's open. Will you come? Will you come and pray for revival? Will you come?